This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. A couple weeks ago, uh, I spoke back at a church in Tulsa. And they wanted me to stay an extra day. And the reason they wanted me to stay was there's a golf course outside of Tulsa called the Patriot. And I didn't know a lot about the Patriot. And I thought, man, I'm going to get to play this great golf course. But what I didn't realize when I got there, the reason it's named the Patriot. And so we're going along there. And at 1 o'clock every day on that golf course, the whole course stops. Whether you're playing golf, whether you're working there, and everybody takes off their hat and stands at attention, and our national anthem is played, and then there's a 21-gun salute, and it was one of the most incredible things, and so I, I realized just off that, the sacrifice that many made, so And we just need to keep praying for our nation and all those who serve in any capacity. But again, thank you for all you who served. God bless you. If you need a Bible today, I want you to open your, or raise your hand and our ushers would get you a Bible. Once you get your Bible, turn to me, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Well, you ought to be really jolly and excited. You got an extra hour of beauty sleep. Some of you needed an extra month for that. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't need an extra month. Again, we're glad you made it out today. Um, we're still on our series here on the church, which the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus. You know, a passage in uh, Psalms 23 that King David said this. This is the very end of Psalm 23. And he said, surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll live and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I, I think about something that he said right there, that he, he was passionate about living and dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. And so off of that, we're going to talk about some things today. And it's one of those weeks that, I don't know if you've ever played tug or war with God, but I do occasionally. And thank God, God most of the time wins out. Sometimes I'm a little stubborn. But this is one that I, I believe becomes prophetic for the season we live in. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't, don't cast away your confidence. And, and when I read this, the writer here, he makes it very clear that this is possible. Don't, don't cast away or lose your, your courageous faith because it has great reward. Hang on to the things of God unlike any other time. For you have need of endurance. And the word endurance here means perseverance, bearing up, steadfastness, holding out to remain, the the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances to actively resist weariness and defeat. Now, it's interesting that he would tell all of us these things. And he goes on to say, so that after you've done the will of God, after, 
I've done the very things that God desires for me to do. You may receive the promise. Ooh, there's a promise for me. But if you'll know, I got to stay with it. I got to live this thing with endurance. And as I read this throughout the week, how many have ever asked God to grace you with endurance? And I think about this and what would happen if we begin to do that? Grace me, Father God, with this endurance that, that I stick with your plan and I stick with your heart. And why is this so important? Because he said that you will receive the promise. Verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry or he will not delay. Now, as I read this, you know, when we go through this thing called life as Christians, we've all heard Jesus is coming back. But he still hadn't come back yet. But the scriptures say, hang on there, hang on. He's coming back in a little while. He's going to come back. And I think about the warnings through the Bible. The Lord did that with Noah. And he did that against, uh, again with Abraham toward the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, this is what's going to happen. And, and I believe he's telling us here, stay with the things of God because he's going to come back. It's going to happen. And so the, the parable of the virgins in, in Matthew 25 is specifically said, the kingdom of God shall be likened. And it's likened to a, a wedding ceremony. And it talks about these, these 10 virgins that went out to meet the groom, which is the Lord Jesus. And, and you think about the 10. It said five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. And when I think about what he talks about again, all 10 of them were invited to the wedding. All 10 of them went. But when I look at what he's talking about, the only difference that I can see that's between the wise and the foolish where the wise lived prepared, the foolish lived unprepared or ill-prepared. And they all knew it was going to take place. And at the end, when the Lord came back, if you'll remember in that parable, the five foolish went and they knocked on the door and, and said, Lord, Lord, let us in. And if you'll remember, he said, I, I don't know you. But yet they had this thought that, well, I, I can live however I want and I'm going to get in. And so you kind of get the direction of where we're heading today off of this. It's going to happen, okay? The day's going to happen when the Lord Jesus comes back. And when that day happens, the only thing that's going to matter is Jesus, Lord of your life. That's the only thing that's going to matter. Nothing, nothing else. Everything else is irrelevant. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, anyone turns away, anyone cuts and runs. Now again, when the writer says this, this shows me that this is warning. But if anyone draws back, 
My soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39. But we are not those who draw back, turn away, or cut and run to perdition. That word perdition there means to destruction or ruin. So in the writings here, he's given us incredible warning and he says this is a possibility that you can return to a thing called destruction and ruin. But he ends and says, but of those who believe, those who trust and rely on God to the saving of the soul. So as I begin to read this over and over and over and over, man, I, I need a faith of preservation. I, I need a faith to, to keep going, to hang in this. And I, I hate to tell you this, but this is the truth. This walk as a Christian it's not always going to be smooth. It's not always going to be easy. And you've heard me use this statement, you're going to swim upstream in a downstream world. And, and when I was reading this in the book of Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon writes that there was 28 seasons or cycles in life, but one of the seasons that I cannot find in there was there's a time to quit. There's not a time to quit. And I believe with every one of us, we need to get to this place where, where we remove the quit option. I gotta get that out of me where, you know what? I, I stay with it day by day by day. Tough times, hard times, mad times, bad times, sad times. I just stay with the things of God. Turn with me to the book of Revelations chapter two. Revelations chapter 2, and so you begin to get a little idea of where we're going, and this is why I, I sometimes have these wrestling matches with the Lord like Jacob did. And I'm like, Father God, can't we just preach about something loving or kind in this, but why don't we get over on this? Again, I, I believe some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, actually the Word of God becomes prophetic for the time we live in. So we go to the book of Revelations 2, we're going to start in verse 8, and this is to a church in Smyrna. Now, the, the subtitle above verse 8 in my Bible says, The Persecuted Church. The Persecuted Church. Hmm. Verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write. Now, what you'll find out is, not only was, was Perna or the, the church here at Smyrna, was it a persecuted church, but it was a poor church. It was located in a beautiful city of wealth. It had incredible commercial greatness, but it also had a large Jewish population. Now, what's interesting about this place called Smyrna, it is modern day Izmir, Turkey is where this is. If you're geographically person who likes to, that's where it is. It's on the western side of Turkey. He goes on to say, these things says the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the one who was dead and came to life, the resurrected Jesus is who this is talking about. I, I know your works. Now remember, he wrote this to a church. 
So he's not saying here, I know where you go to work at on Monday morning. That's not what he's talking about. I, I know your works. I know what you do within the church. Now let me highlight something again here. This was one of the two churches that he didn't criticize. He didn't criticize the church at Philadelphia either, but he's not criticizing them. He says, I know your works. I know what you do within my house. And then he says, I know your tribulation. Wait a minute. I know your tribulation. I know your distress. I know your pressing troubles. I know your painful difficulties. Now this was the Lord Jesus saying to this. And your poverty. And, and your poverty. And so what this is literally talking about when you see here was a financial hardship. And what had literally happened here, there was an economic boycott that took place against the Christians. And most of it was from the Jews or the un-Jews that were more committed to the Romans. But he said, I know your poverty. And then he says, but you are rich. Spiritually, you're rich towards God. And I know the blasphemy. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but they are of the synagogue of Satan. And, and what you see here when he's talking about, he's saying here, the Jews were serving Satan's purpose. Do you know the word synagogue is only used in reference to the Jews? No other place. And so it's interesting what the Lord Jesus begins to say here about everything he's seen. Again, he said, I know your works. I know your tribulations. I know your poverty. I know you're being slandered. But watch in verse 10 what the Lord Jesus says. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Now, a lot of times as Christians, when we hear that word suffer, we say, I'm out. I didn't sign up to suffer. But the Lord Jesus is telling, he said, listen, even in areas of suffering, I'm going to be with you. I got your back. Which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Not man, but the devil. And what you see here is the devil often operates through man, but it's actually the devil. And he said, he's fixing to cause some of you to spend a little time in prison. I'm out. I didn't sign up for that. And he goes on to say, that you may be tested. The word tested here has to do with a believer's loyalty and a believer's strength. His faith, his patience, his character, which ultimately determines which way one is going to go and what he's made of. So every one of us in here, we really don't know which way we're actually going to go or what we're made of until what? Until the test of life 
starts coming at me. And this is what he's telling us. And he says, you will have tribulation. There's that word again. You're going to have tribulation for 10 days. A relatively short time, but it's going to be tribulation. Be faithful unto death. I'm out. I didn't sign up to die. And so I believe he's ultimately telling us, I am to be faithful until the day you die. I live for God day by day by day by day. And he ends verse 10 and says, and I will give you the crown of life. You know what the crown of life is? You get to spend eternity with Jesus in a place called paradise. Ooh, oh, happy day. Verse 11. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes, he who overcomes, you know how we overcome? Revelations 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So you know what he tells me in that statement? He who overcomes. I've got to learn to live under the blood. Day by day by day. I just live under the blood. I welcome the blood of Jesus. The old time saints used to say this. I plead the blood of Jesus. You know what the word plead means? It's, it's based off the word plea. And so when you go into a court of law, the, 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 the uh, judge looks and says, how do you plead? I plead guilty. I plead innocent. In this situation, you know how you plead? I plead the blood of Jesus. I, I, I let Jesus' blood represent me. I plead the blood. Day by day, I plead the blood. And he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Now, every one of us in this room we're going to die physically unless Jesus comes back. And every one of us in this room are going to be resurrected. You'll either spend eternity with Jesus or you're going to spend eternity in a place called hell being damned or separated from the, the Father and the Son eternally. Again, you kind of get where I, I really don't like to speak about all this. But I believe it's very significant right now. Now I'm going to take you on a little journey here with me just for a little bit. Because the Apostle Paul, he, he, he faced incredible tribulations. I mean, just incredible when, and, and if you ever really want to study some of the stuff, just look in Romans 8, and he'll start listing all the stuff that he faced day by day by day. Now, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And again, I'm going to take us to two little passages here uh, to, to end this morning, but I, I want you to see these things, that none of us are exempt from tribulations and tests. None of us. And so Paul's running with this guy named Barnabas. 
And man, everywhere Paul and Barnabas are going, there is tribulation coming at them right and left. So we begin in Acts 14, verse 19. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded or won over the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, if you could choose the way you're going to die, I sure wouldn't choose being stoned. Can you imagine that? I mean, just think about that for a second. So, they've pelted him with rocks and stones so bad that they think he's dead. They, They drag him out of the city. Now, can you imagine the pain he's got? But also, I want you to get a little picture here. Can can you even imagine what his physical body looks like in this? It's it's so bad, they think he's dead. Verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and he went into the city. He went back into the same city. Paul, are you crazy? (laughs) He goes back into the same city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city. Now you got to get this, okay? What what was Paul's motivation? He said, I got to preach the gospel. I got to do the will of my father. Even in the midst of of circumstances, even in the midst of being stoned, I got to preach the gospel. So he preaches the gospel to that city and he made many disciples. You know what that means? Many people got born again. Many people became followers of Christ. And they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and to Antioch. They returned, and every time I read that, I'm thinking, man, Paul, are, are you got both oars in the water? Why, why would you go back to that place where you had been so mistreated? Verse 22. His desire was to strengthen to establish the souls of the disciples. He said, I'm going to put in you the kingdom of God. I I can't leave these people this way. i got to continue to give them the word of God. And then he says, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Encourage them to continue in the faith. Now, why would he do that? Because we're all in need of endurance to continue in the faith and say, now watch this. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. We must, not maybe so, not, not, uh, not possibly so, but we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So he's telling us here, you will experience trials. You will experience suffering. And it's not always going to be instant victory. And God never did promise life without struggle. 
And so Paul right here, he's warning these believers, listen, you're going to have some tribulations. It's not always going to be easy. You're not going to be the most popular student in the history class. You know why I believe he says this? Because when you stand on the B-I-B-L-E, you're going to get persecuted. You can pray in the name of God. You can pray in the name of Allah. You can pray in the name of Muhammad. But you start mentioning the name of Jesus Christ. You stand on Jesus Christ. And they'll say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. They're going to come after you. You know, me and Shelly went to a place one time and we were feeding people dinner. And the guy who invited us, he said, you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want up there, but don't you mention the name of Jesus. And I remember looking at him and thinking, that's a great thought, buddy. But I'm going to mention the name of Jesus, whether you like it or not. Turn to the book of 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Now, when we go here to 2 Timothy 3, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's toward the end of his life. And what I see about this guy named Paul, he had need of endurance. This guy, he stood with it. And so he writes to this pastor named Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. And he says to him, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, the word of God. You've followed my manner of life. You've followed my character and my integrity. Now, we're going to follow someone in life. If if you want to be a fool, run with the foolish. If you want to be wise, run with the wise. You want to be a drunk, run with the drunks. But I became, I, I become a mirror image of who I run with. And he's saying here, you, you, you faithfully followed my, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my love, my perseverance. But watch what he says in the beginning of verse 11. My persecutions and my afflictions. Now he brings this up. He doesn't deny he's had persecutions and afflictions. Listen to this. Which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra. He brings back to those those days where he was heavily persecuted. And he says... What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Out of them all. He didn't say, you know, I, I, I hit the bypass. I didn't have to go through them. He said, no, I went through them, and every one of them that I went through, the Lord delivered me out of them all. And you know what he's telling Timothy? Hang in there, okay? Now watch what he says, verse 12. Yes, And all, now I I circle the word all in my Bible. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will 
suffer persecution. Wow. All will suffer persecution. Now let me ask you something. Do you have a desire to live godly for Jesus? I do. I want to live for Jesus. You're going to suffer persecution. It's going to happen. Now I'm not going to read verse 13, but if I did read it, the message translation says it this way. It's going to get worse and worse until the day Jesus comes. Now, why do I highlight that to us? And I think the Lord's warning, don't draw back to perdition. Don't go back to ruin. Don't, don't, don't put this walk as a Christian in neutral. Don't think I'm just going to coast to the finish line. I, I got to stay with it day by day by day. So again, what you see, you live by the word of God, you live, and he said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus, there it is. So, I don't know, a year or so ago, we got to, to meet this guy who's a 21st century evangelist. I mean, this is a guy who gets people born again over and over. Big guy. We see him about five weeks ago. This, this guy lives in America. And when I see him, he comes up and, and, he, and he hugs me and Shelly. He just, and we've kind of bonded just through the things of Jesus. Well, when I see him five weeks ago, He's got this young um, Hispanic with him, Latino, I can tell. And he introduces me to him. And he says, Gabriel, this is Pastor Stormy. And when I look at Gabriel, he's 34, but he looks like he's 20. I promise I look like, dang, dude, you're 34. It's incredible. He doesn't speak English, and I don't speak Espanol very well. So we start using the, the American evangelists to interpret for us. So he holds up a cell phone, and he turns it to me and lets me see it, and I look at it, and as far as my eye can see is people. I mean, people everywhere. And I said, how many people are at this? And he said, over 40,000. And I said, who's that on the platform speaking? And he said, it's Gabriel. And I said, where's this at? And he said, Caracas, Venezuela. He's Venezuelan. I said, wait, wait just a minute. I said, I thought Venezuela was under a dictator. I thought Venezuela was a communist, socialist nation. And he said, it is. And I said, how's he able to do that in Caracas, Venezuela? How was he able to draw crowds of 40,000? And he told me, he said, every time he preaches, 40,000, 50,000 show up. And I said, how's he able to do that? And he said, he's not. 
And I said, what do you mean? And he said, every time he's in Venezuela or up there, he has multiple death threats against his life. And I looked at this young man just like this. And I said, you're special for the kingdom of God. And the American evangelist says, he wants you to pray for him. And I thought, he doesn't need me. I need him to pray for me. Because I thought this at that moment, I thought, I've never been threatened with death for preaching up here. And, And when I read that, I thought, what, what would I do? What would you do if you were threatened? You go to church today, you die. But it didn't move him a bit. That was his thought. I'm, I'm going to preach the gospel of the Lord. I don't care what happens. And for two days, I would see him. And every time I'd see him again, no English, no Espanol. And he would do this when he would see me. He would touch his heart and he'd go, I pray for him. I would get texts from this guy right now. And you know what he said to me? He said, You got to come to Venezuela with me in 2022. And I thought, What an honor! What an honor! But yet, when I read this about the Apostle Paul, What happens to us as American Christians? Do I cut and run? And it began to change me. Change my prayers. Father God, grace me. Grace me to run with endurance. Grace me with preservation. Grace me, Father God, that I I stand strong on the word of God. Grace me in tribulations and trials. Do you know in Hebrews 13, 6, it it said that we may boldly say that God is for me. I don't care what man can do against me. God is for me. I'm fearless no matter what. And so again, I've said this a couple times today. I believe the word of God today that we hear is rapidly becoming prophetic in our lives. And I don't say that to put fear on you. I say that to prepare our heart to say, okay, Lord, grace me that I don't don't run back to perdition. I don't fall back into perdition. That I stay with you. Put, Put the heart that was in Paul within me. Put the spirit of the living God. Holy Spirit birthed within me today. And one of the reasons I say this today is, man, we have so many that have cut and run. We have so many that on the day that Jesus comes back, they're going to knock on the door and say, but Lord, Lord, and remember he said, I never knew you. I never knew you. Why don't you stand on your feet here with me today? Thank you. I'm going to ask your head to be bowed right now.
again, you're the only one that knows not only the condition of your heart, but the relationship with the Lord Jesus. Do you have need of endurance? I believe every one of us do. Are, are you going to, through some form of tribulation right now, through some form of a test right now? Again, Father God, I, I welcome your grace to sustain me. I welcome your grace today. And even right now as our team's getting ready to, to, to sing here, and I, I, I want a fresh anointing that I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. And if you've had quitting as an option, then let's sever that today. That's not an option. We're going to run the race that's set before us with endurance, looking to Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. And so if you're here this morning, you, you may need to come down and rededicate. You may need to come down and say, Father God, I, I, I repent. I, I repent for playing with the things of God. You may need to come down here and say, Lord, stir back up within me the very things that Paul told Timothy. highlight this before I give you the opportunity to come before the Lord none of us are exempt from perdition none of us are so may my prayer has been this move within me Holy Spirit make a change within me that's eternal I want to live with the same words that King David said surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll live and dwell in the house of the Lord and you know what you may be in here today and you may be right with God you may be running with God but just maybe you have someone in your family or your bloodline that's not and you know this pertains to them and I can go back into Genesis 18 and I can show you where the man of God, Abraham, he stood in the gap for his nephew, Lot. And he said, I'm going to stand, Father God. I'm gonna, and, and I believe God still answers those prayers. God said in James 5, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much that God sees our heart, that God sees our prayers. And so I believe there's a stern within some to say, you know what? I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to run this race. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to speak in the name of Jesus. And if that's us, come on, let's respond to him today. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.